KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Tuesday, November 23rd. The border reopens, but asylum seekers are still stuck. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Governor Gavin Newsom visited a Bay Area vaccine clinic on Monday to promote COVID-19 boosters for people 18 and older. Newsom says this is especially important as the winter months approach in order to avoid another surge. Between October and December of last year, we saw a nine-fold increase in cases over just an eight-week period. We went from an average of about 6,000 cases a day uh, to 54,000. Newsom says that peak was reached on Christmas Eve. The San Diego Regional Airport Authority announced on Monday a new complimentary electric shuttle bus service between the airport and the Old Town Transit Center. It's called the San Diego Flyer, and it'll operate every day with arrivals every 20 to 30 minutes. Pickups from the shuttle begin at 4.45 a.m., and the last pickup and drop-offs will be at 12.30 a.m. Forecasters say they expect hot and dry weather with strong Santa Ana winds for the Thanksgiving holiday. The National Weather Service has issued a fire watch for the mountains and inland valleys, effective from early on Thursday morning through Friday afternoon. Winds are expected upwards of 30 miles per hour, with gusts up to 60 miles per hour. The NWS says the strongest winds are expected on Thursday. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. This month, the U.S. border reopened for travelers vaccinated against COVID-19. But asylum seekers are still stuck in limbo in migrant camps in Mexico. That's because the Biden administration is continuing a controversial Trump-era pandemic policy that keeps asylum seekers from making their case to U.S. officials. KPBS border reporter Gustavo Solis has more on how this impacts people living in Tijuana. There are hundreds of asylum seekers living in a makeshift migrant camp just south of the border. This camp is a sprawling labyrinth of interconnected tents. Men, women, and lots of children sleep on concrete floors. They shower outside under a highway overpass. And the city recently cut off their electricity. It's muy feo estar aquí en esta situación. No, no estamos por gusto. That's a woman we're calling Carmen to protect her identity. She says the situation at the camp is very ugly. She and her two children fled their home state of Michoacán after cartel members killed her brothers and kidnapped her oldest son. My life is in danger and I know that 
que si regreso me, o si ellos saben dónde estamos, pues nos van a matar por no querer trabajar con ellos. She says they'll kill her too if she ever goes back. Carmen's story isn't all that unique in the camp. Most of her neighbors fled similar violence in Central America and other parts of Mexico. Gina Garibo is a social worker with American Friends Service Committee. She visits the camp three times a week to check up on people like Carmen. Es, es muy cruel, ¿no? Es muy cruel. Eh, los ánimos entre las personas es de mucha desesperación, de mucha incertidumbre. Those in the camp are desperate, she says. They have nowhere else to go. And one of the hardest parts of Garibo's job is not having answers to questions she keeps hearing over and over again. Siempre nos preguntan eso, ¿no? ¿Hay, hay nuevas noticias? Any news? ¿Saben qué va a pasar con nosotros? What's going to happen to us? ¿Qué opciones tenemos? What options do we have? So why do we have hundreds of desperate people stranded in a makeshift camp just a few steps away from the San Ysidro border crossing? Well, that's because of Title 42, a public health order that the Trump administration implemented in March 2020 and the Biden administration has kept in place. Title 42 lets border officials turn back asylum seekers without due process. Critics of the program include Julian Neusner, an attorney with Human Rights First. And this is effectively the most sweeping ban on asylum uh, at the border in U.S. history. It's a pretty radical policy. Normally, the asylum process works like this. Someone flees their home because of some type of persecution. They arrive at the border and tell an official that they're afraid to go back. If they pass a credible fear interview, they're allowed into the U.S. and start an asylum case before a judge. But Title 42 lets border officials turn people away without giving them that credible fear interview or letting them see a judge. Neusner says that using the pandemic to justify Title 42 is disingenuous, especially now since the White House reopened border to vaccinated travelers. The fact that now vaccinated uh, tourists and shoppers are allowed to enter, but uh, vaccinated people who are fleeing violence and are in urgent danger are not just uh, is further evidence that this this policy has never been about public health. Carmen, the mother from Michoacan, has been living in the camp since April. She doesn't understand how the federal government can justify letting one group of people cross, but not the other. Se me hace muy injusto, muy injusto porque si estamos aquí, no es por gusto, es porque venimos huyendo de nuestro mismo México por la delincuencia organizada. She says it's not fair. They don't want to be at the camp, but they don't feel safe in Mexico. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued the health order. When KPBS asked why asylum seekers are still barred from crossing, they said to ask the White House. The White House didn't respond to our questions. And that was KPBS border reporter Gustavo Solis. San Diego is just a few weeks away on deciding a new map of city council districts. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says activists are still fighting for changes. Among those activists is a group of UCSD students. They say they have nothing in common with the mostly white, wealthy homeowners of La Jolla and want to be drawn into a different district that would empower Asian American voters. The city's Independent Redistricting Commission has rejected that request so far. UCSD sophomore 
Aiden Lin says it's frustrating for students, many of whom are engaging in politics for the first time ever. The commission seems to do a better job of imagining what Point Loma's concerns are over listening to what the students and what the API community is present and telling them in these commission hearings. The redistricting commission meets again today starting at 5 p.m. It has until mid-December to lock in a final map of new council districts. And that was KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen. Turkey's PPE and COVID-19 booster shots were all available on Monday morning outside of National City's public library. KPBS's Speak City Heights reporter Jacob Eyre has more. National City leaders and partner organizations provided a bundle of holiday offerings for their community on Monday morning. The city's mayor, Alejandro Sotelo Solis, says the large lineup of cars at the drive through distribution shows the necessity for these kind of events. At 6 o'clock, People came uh, to sign up to get their turkeys. And it was truly amazing to see, one, starting at 6 in the morning, people were here, uh, that the need is so great. This is the third annual turkey drive held in National City. And for those yet to get their first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine, there was also a convenient option on site. And that was KPBS's Speak City Heights reporter, Jacob Ayer. Coming up, we're a few years away from universal preschool in California, but not everyone believes it'll have a positive impact on childcare. We'll have more on that next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Universal Preschool is coming to California in 2025, and many in the early childhood field are celebrating. Yet, as the California Reports' Deepa Fernandez reports, not everyone is welcoming the change. In fact, some believe it could have disastrous consequences for childcare and families seeking early care, and the impact will fall hardest on communities of color. Many people are excited about California's new law that will bring free preschool to all the state's four-year-olds by 2025. This action, Universal TK, is the biggest thing we've ever done in California for our youngest learners. Assemblymember Kevin McCarty is the architect of the $2.7 billion Universal program. This is a game changer. The program will provide free preschool through the public school system's newest grade, Transitional Kindergarten, or TK. But Makia Ward is not celebrating. Ward runs five early education centres, like this one in San Leandro. She's really worried that the state's newly minted Universal Transitional Kindergarten Plan will siphon off all her four-year-olds. It will be difficult for us if we no longer are able to serve four-year-olds, and that's because we depend on those tuitions in order to pay 
for the expense of the younger children. In California, childcare centres are required by law to have one adult present for every four kids under two, while for four-year-olds, the ratio is one adult for every 12 kids. Dave Espen, Executive Director of California Quality Early Learning, says this means... You take a loss on infants and toddlers, and you make a marginal gain on the four- and five-year-olds. Losing the fees from older children will cut into the small padding preschools have to help cover the more expensive care of children under two. So many providers will close forever in the coming years. Those that don't close will need to raise infant and toddler tuition to survive, which will be completely unaffordable to even more families. So... Parents might win by having free preschool for their four-year-old, but it could mean less available care for the very youngest. I'm really worried that the state of early childhood education is going to be catastrophically miserable in about five years. Jennifer Carter runs two preschools in Southern California. A lot of black and brown women are going to be out of work. The early childhood workforce is overwhelmingly women of colour, and many won't have the required credentials to teach TK in the public school system. There are also worries about the overly harsh disciplining of black preschoolers for behaviours that are normal for four-year-olds, says Keisha Nzewi, Director of Public Policy at the California Childcare Resource and Referral Network. My concern is starting the school-to-prison pipeline even earlier because behaviours that are age-appropriate are not going to be tolerated on a public school campus. The Civil Rights Group Advancement Project California wants the universal plan to be equitable to California's many children of colour. Senior Policy Director Khadija Alam acknowledges there are issues to still be resolved, and she believes there is a role for home childcare and small preschools. Honestly, I just don't see you know school districts just taking on the whole responsibility of UTK on their own. Dave Espen of California Quality Early Learning suggests private providers be allowed to keep serving their four-year-olds, possibly contracted out by local school districts who will be receiving the funds to expand TK. Other states have implemented mixed delivery systems and included the entire childcare community to take part. But Assemblymember McCarty is opposed to the idea. You know, we don't contract out eighth grade and fifth grade and third grade, so I don't know how we're going to contract out a grade. Alarm of Advancement Project California is hopeful all the issues can be resolved. I think it's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity for partnerships. And that was reporting from Deepa Fernandez with The California Report. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a journey through computation, data analysis, and real-world applications. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu.